that repurposing of the content of put them on different mediums can be extremely valuable because you have to squeeze as much as you can out of that content. Learn modern marketing that you can use to grow your business in today's competitive landscape. This is Digital Marketing Masters with Matt Rouse and Jeremy Marcotte. Welcome to Digital Marketing Masters. I'm your host, Jeremy Marcotte, and I'm here with Matt Rouse. Say hi, Matt. Hello. Hey, today we have a special guest. His name is Shane Barker. Hey, Shane, how's it going? Hey, doing awesome, Jeremy. How are you, man? I'm doing great, brother. So let's do it this way. Tell us about you, who you are, what you do. Man, it's only an hour podcast. I don't know if we had enough time, but I'll try to condense it down for you guys a little bit. My main thing is, I would say, digital marketing. So I've been in this space for 20, 25 years now, doing anything. Started doing SEO when it wasn't really SEO. Started doing content marketing, social media. And they really have done the whole spectrum. Now we do heavy, heavy content. So I write for about 120 different websites and ink and forums and Huffington Post, all those sites. We also do a pretty heavy in the content or in the, uh, in the influencer marketing space. And as I was telling you guys, I'm flying out. I got a keynote speech in, in India, in Mumbai, that I'm doing um, actually this next week. So I'm excited about that. But I do a lot of keynote speeches around influencer marketing. So we've been doing that for about seven or eight years. Heavy on the education side there. I teach at UCLA. I teach a personal branding and how to be an influencer course there. I didn't teach it last quarter, but I was the one that helped create the content with a friend of mine, Amanda. So that's kind of cool. So we've got some, some good accolades there on the, on the academia side of things. Yeah, it's cool. And so I, you know, it's, it, there's a whole nother conversation, the UCLA thing. It's kind of interesting to be an instructor and kind of scary the, the fact that they let me be an instructor, but I guess they <laughs> felt like I was a good fit. So, I mean, I mean what, what do you do? So, you know, you don't want to argue with, with academia. So, and now I think, the, you know, the biggest thing, like I said, is the education side of us. We have a, how to be an influencer course that we're creating right now. So people that want to be influencers, and it's more of like a, like how to build your brand, right? Like not just be an influencer in the sense of like, you know, pink poodles and Ferraris and stuff, but like, how do you really build out a business and monetize it and have different revenue streams? So we're building that now. That's the, how to be an influencer course, how to be influencer.com is the actual course. And then I'm also doing a lot of stuff with brands of, you know, helping them do, I do like workshops either in-house or through Skype or Zoom or whatever to be able to help educate them on how to find influencers, how to negotiate with influencers. And, and so really the education, I, I decided about a year or two ago that I wanted to do less managed campaigns and more education because there was just this disconnect on brands and influencers and how to work together. And so we wanted, I wanted to be able to kind of clear that up. Like the analogy I always use is like two 15 year olds dancing for the first time, you know? So it's like this weird, like I'm the counselor in the middle. It's like, all right, let's not do that. No, don't do that. Okay. This is fine. This is cool. And I've got another analogy that I don't know how, you know, I won't use that analogy, but it does. Okay. You, you forced me to do it. Now I didn't, now I feel super comfortable. The analogy that I really use is not really two 15 year olds dancing. It's really two 15 year olds having sex and, and not me being there in the middle of that. But the idea of it being is like that it's like, just because a brand and an influencer can do it doesn't mean they should, right? right. Just because you're 15 year old and that means you can have a kid doesn't mean you should have a kid, right? Just because God gave you the ability doesn't mean that you should go out and produce six kids by the time you're 17. We should probably wait a little bit and kind of learn a little bit. So that's my analogy. It's like, I feel like back in the day or even now, even it's brands are the 15 year old boy or girl. And the other one is a boy or girl and they get together and they have a kid. They shouldn't because they still a lot of things that need to be learned. And so I look at myself as kind of like that catalyst of like being able to help educate both sides and how to be able to put plans and put projects together better. So that, you know, you have a higher likelihood of success. So that's really where, you know, we do a lot of SEO as well. And, you know, once again, this is, you know, just for driving traffic and driving the right type of traffic, but that's kind of where I'm, where I'm at today. My will well in regards to what we do currently. If you are going to wait to have kids, I figured in my life, the, the appropriate age was 44. That's it. 
I mean, that's a, that's a magic number. Nothing is better than, than pushing 50 and chasing a four-year-old around because it's really good for the exercise. And, uh, you know, I love getting up at between 4 and 5 a.m. every single day, even when I don't want to. God, living the dream, bud. I, I know, mean, it's no, fantastic. No, that is, and it, yeah, well, maybe, I don't know. I mean, 44, 15, I mean, you know, it is what it is. Mm. On the plus side, I do have a shitload of Peppa Pig stuff in my house now. So, mm. so lucky. I know. <laughs> and then you can take pictures of your kid and make them an influencer and use that's them. Right. So that's kind of cool, too. She does have 3,000 in Instagram posts or something now. I don't even remember how many. God, she's more famous than me. Yeah, right? Like, she definitely uses Instagram better than I do, uh, for <laughs> sure. So you talk a little bit about like micro influencers, right? And not everybody's going to know what that means. So what is a micro influencer and what's a full on influencer? Because you see people, I'm going to use the rock as an example because dude's awesome. Love that guy. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, bro. Uh, anyway, so he has millions of people following him and he's everywhere. Right. But what's kind of a micro influencer? What what kind of numbers are you looking at for a person to be considered a micro influencer? Yeah. So we have levels to it. So there's like, you know, it's like macro what we say kind of like celebrity macro micro and then nano. And it's, they're all based off of like kind of follower count, which is a, a lot of brands use that as a metrics. And that is one of the metrics. But I think the problem is brands really focus on that. Like, hey, if you have a million followers, then you must be phenomenal. And then you, you know, you must be the person we have to work with. And I try to tell people, listen, just because you have a million followers doesn't mean that it's great, right? Like I'll give you an example. We long time, this was years ago, but we were, you know, we were selling this fitness ebook for one of these really huge fitness influencers. She was beautiful. Just that guy, we're gonna we're gonna make a million bucks on this thing. Well, it just fell short. And the reason why it fell short is because 90% of her followers were men and they don't want, they want to see her in a calendar, right? They don't want to see her in a, and that's right. So we kind of learned that early on is like, Hey, just because you have a high follower account doesn't mean that it, it always brings gold. Right. And so now that was before there was softwares, right? Now, so I make myself sound really old, but now there's a lot of softwares. You can look at demographics and who's following who and from what areas. And you know, that it makes more sense to obviously to, to dig down a little deeper, but you know, a, a micro influencer in theory is going to be a say a thousand to, to 10,000. If that's, you know, if that's a, the term we want to use, and it's really going to be somebody that has a little bit of a smaller following, but usually has a higher engaged following. So that's where, you know, brands will come and say, Hey, I want to work with, you know, I've got this one person and they got a million followers. And I'm like, yeah, but why do you want to work with them? Well, because it's Kim Kardashian's cousin. And I'm like, who cares? Like, like what, what does that, what does that mean? Like, okay. So then she must be able to sell yoga equipment because she's Kim Kardashian's cousin. Like, is she a yoga instructor? Is she, you know, assuming you have a yoga product and they're like, no, but she's really cute. And like, well, that's super awesome if we're just selling cute things. Right. So it really comes down to like, why, like, why are you picking this person? And so, you know, if you want to blow your budget on just one big influencer, you know, if you're an, uh, like, if you're a Coca-Cola or an Adidas or something like that, and they just want eyeballs for just exposure, then you have that. If you're a company that's really looking for a true ROI, I'm not saying you shouldn't go with that person, but just know that don't expect for them to go post one time or for you to make a million dollars, right? Like influencer marketing is, is no different than a PPC or an SEO or something where you got to put in some time. Like with SEO, you don't just go after one keyword and then all of a sudden you start bringing in millions. Like you have to go after multiple keywords, high intent keywords, and you have to find out which ones are really moving the needle, right? That's not because you just did one keyword and just stared at it like, 
in four months, that's going to generate some traffic and we're going to make money. No, you go after 40 keywords, right? And you find out which ones are really moving the needle. Influencer marketing is no different. Same with PPC. Like you don't just go put up one PPC campaign and then make a million dollars. And if you do, then kudos to you, you're lucky. But it really comes down to, you know, you put a strategy behind that, right? You have to put up three or four funnels and figure out, you know, different types of content, different pictures and different messaging to see what works. Influencers are no different. So you hear this big thing of like, I tried influencer marketing and it didn't work. I'm like, Oh, like what, what did you do? Like we hired Jennifer on Instagram and we just, just didn't go. And I'm like, you know, there's millions of influencers that all have different followings that all have different niches. Like just because you use Jennifer on Instagram and it didn't go well, it's probably because maybe you didn't know what you were doing or Jennifer didn't know what you were doing, or maybe because you guys are 15 year old kids having babies. Right. And maybe that's not highly recommended. You know, I'm not like a gynecologist or anything. I'm just saying my, you know, a doctor by, by trade, I'm not, I'm a marketer. But my point is, is like, everything's a strategy. So you, what I would recommend, like we talk about micro influencers, instead of going after one big influencer and blowing your, you know, $50,000 wad of money on that influencer and praying for the best thing, I would recommend grabbing 10 influencers, finding out and giving them some money, finding out who moves the needle, right? Assuming if you have to figure out what your KPIs are, so it's sales or whatever that is. So if these two influencers that really move the needle, then guess what you do? You take your budget from those other eight and you move it over to these other two and you go find other influencers that are like those influencers. Wow, it's like a whole Google AdWords campaign or something. It, it literally is. I mean, that, that's what you have to realize is that most people think, and you know, influencer marketing, back, no different SEO. So SEO 15 years ago, whatever, or 12 years ago, when you go and put something up, became number one in Google because there was really no competition. You're like, wow, that was awesome. Like it was easy, right? Now it's a lot harder because there's a lot more competition. Same with influencer marketing. Like back in the day, they can't see this on the podcast, but these are, you know, the Apple pros or whatever. And I go, Hey, go buy these Apple pros six years ago. Then people would just go buy them because Shane was the tech guy. And I think he's awesome. And I'll go buy them. Now I have to put up five different things of like nonchalant, maybe putting them in me doing this, me going on a run, me being on a podcast. And then people go, God, Shane really seems to like those, right? It's just kind of, it doesn't need to be all salesy and pushing. Hey, go buy this. Right. But that's the strategy. You have to put the content that goes around, you know, how, how are you going to be able to make it so people want to go buy that? Not so you're forcing them to buy it. So it's it's a little bit of a different thing. It used to be just promote it, put it up in the picture, take a somewhat of a cute picture and then you're, you're off to, you know, making some money. It's it's not that way anymore. It's a, there needs to be a strategy behind it. Yeah, it's less direct response marketing and more of affirmational marketing. That's it. And there's also a big deal with. Like I, I see that brand positioning seems to be an important thing with influencer marketing is just because somebody, even if they're like, you know, say you're a local Portland company, you go find a Portland influencer who has a million fans that for starters, that doesn't mean any of them are in Portland, but also there has to be a fit, a product market fit and not necessarily with the influencer, but with their fans, right? So that positioning in the marketplace seems to be off sometimes when people are like, oh, well, I'm going to, I sell diamond jewelry. So I'm going to get, you know, such and such influencer to put on my jewelry when all of their fans are 15. Like there has to be a fit there, right? It's usually the problem, right? That's usually the issue with the campaign. Like when people come to me, you know, I come to me and I show you guys get these kind of clients too. Like for SEO, it's the people are like, oh, SEO doesn't work. And then you're like, let me look at your campaign. You're like, well, it's because your SEO person didn't know what they were doing, right? Same thing with influencer marketing. People go, it just doesn't work. And I go, let me see your campaign. The messaging isn't good. They picked the wrong influencer. I'm like, listen, it goes back to the basics of marketing. Like I can have the best product in the world, but if nobody hears about it, guess what happens? nothing like it's crickets nobody's gonna do it. you can have the shittiest product in the world and you have great marketers people are gonna buy it and not realize it's shitty until they've already bought it right mm -hmm. it's too late you know, 
it's too late right at that as long as you don't have a return policy don't ever have a return policy if you're a shitty marketer like always just sell 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 <laughs> that's right just get sell them, it and them. disappear that's it and then get out of there go to fry island or something like their fry festival or whatever i don't whatever fire the festival fire festival. Go those guys that's super awesome i'm Shout really mad about my ticket just right now and i was on my private plane i was eating my caviar and i had no water on that island and god forbid i had to sleep in a tent you know what's you know what's funny about that we talk about that and we joke around and i haven't seen their little they have like little specials that they've done i think on netflix or something i can tell you so this is what's funny about that like people talked about like oh this is what we have to worry about with influencer marketing have you really careful like look at the what happened at the the fry festival or whatever it was the funny part about that is the only reason why people were freaked out is because it worked like they literally sold five ten thousand dollar tickets right so it's not the marketing it's not influencer marketing that was a problem it was the fact that you're logistically Basically, first of all, I think they had like three months to plan or something and they're, they're right. like flying out supplies and logistically you didn't know what you were doing. Right. And financially you maybe didn't charge enough or you didn't know what you were doing, but the influencer marketing worked because people wouldn't be complaining if it didn't work. If they wouldn't have had a festival and nobody showed up, nobody would go influencer marketing sucks. They're saying it sucks because at the end of the day, I tell people like it worked. Like that's the reason we're talking about it is because it worked. Because you went and bought a five thousand dollar ticket because you followed that model and you thought, God, I want to be out there maybe in a tent drinking water with Jaw Rule or whatever you're going to do, right? And so that's what you have to think about is that it worked. Now, just it was the logistics, and you can't expect an influencer like if I promote a product or an event and the event goes haywire, there's a fire, and they're going to come back to me and go, Shane, like why did you promote that event? And I'm like. I really didn't even know there was going to be a fire there. Like I, I didn't really plan on that. Like I, I didn't start the fire, so I don't not, know how not I would a firefighter. Know yeah, exactly. What am I supposed to do? Like I can't, you know. Well, you also, I mean, you see that kind of stuff with with every kind of technology because businesses don't really understand it, and for the most part. Like if you get a business owner who understands who their customer is, they have, you know, maybe they've done some customer avatar work or something in the past. They have good branding. They understand lifetime value, right? They're going to be easy to work with. They're going to understand those things. It's when you get people who only understand like direct response marketing or print, and then they come to you and, and talk about, well, I don't know, influencer marketing doesn't work. Well, I mean, it's the same people who say, well, Facebook ads don't work or Google ads don't work or, you know, whatever, PR doesn't work. Like, oh, public relations, you don't want better public relations for your company. <laughs> like, you know, there's always going to be the naysayer, right? Yeah, no, there always will be. And, and, and the thing is, is in, you know, and if you work with the wrong companies, of course it's not going to work, right? And that's the issue too is, you know, when we've dealt with this with SEO and all kinds of stuff, like SEO, you know, it's like, you know, people say that they can do SEO, you know, I get the call like, Hey, I get you the first page for $99. And I'm like, maybe you should Google my name and then give me a call back. And I'm like, sorry, Shane. And then they you know, like, hang up. But <laughs> it, it's like, when it comes down to like, if it's, you know, first of all, if it's too good to be true, or if it's not going to take a lot of work, then just know that there's something wrong there, right? There's got to be, your spider sense has got to tingle. Like if you think influencer marketing is just putting up a product and taking a picture, that's just not a lot of work and it's, it's just different. It's not that way anymore. Right. It's, and even back then it wasn't a great tactic, but it worked because nobody, not a lot of people were doing it. Now it's saturated. You gotta, you know, we talk about workers, we, we ruin everything. Right. So now we're right. What's what we do. That's our goal. Like we just want to crush everything, suck all the money out right. and do it again. We're coming for you. TikTok. That's it. That's right. <laughs> Tell those influencers. That's it. For sure. Yeah. So I, I mean, the thing with SEO, you were talking about how you get those offers and stuff, right? You know, we get 10 emails a day. Hey, we'll get you to be number one on Google. I mean, our domain name is hookseo.com. Like it has SEO in our name, right? You know, so, you know, they're just mass spamming, right? And can I buy a uh, 
Yeah. Yeah. Just, just such a, all right. So to everyone who is working with an agency anywhere or has a business anywhere, if somebody has to cold email you or spam you to tell you about how good they are at SEO, why aren't they just using SEO to get business? That's the question you need to ask yourself. I don't know. That's a shocker. That's a mic drop right there. We could just end the podcast at this point. That's right. All right. Thanks, Thanks folks. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> and now a quick break. Digital Marketing Masters will be right back. Are you ready to stop grinding and start making an impact? Are you tired of working long hours and not growing your business? Get Matt's new book, Flattening the Hamster Wheel, on Amazon now. Just go to hook2.us slash hamster. That's H-O-O-K-T-O dot U-S forward slash H-A-M-S-T-E-R. Okay, so we're talking about micro-influencing, right? So how can micro-influencing and influencers, et cetera, help with SEO and content marketing? Or is it something that's completely separate? It's not completely separate in the sense that, you know, if you're producing content, like I'll give you an example. So, so like on my podcast as an example, so we produce content with other influencers, right? So we're producing that content. I actually go and I'll put that podcast actually on my website and we'll actually write in our, so let's say it was about like, you know, whatever, how to drive more traffic to your blog post, something like that. So that's basic. But so what I'll do is I'll actually write a blog post with those keywords in there and actually put the interview in there. So it'll be along the same premise of what we just talked about, but we write that content, original content, and we don't keyword stuff it, but we'll, you know, put together there's some keywords and stuff like that. So we go to index for that. So we're looking to index for not only our guest's name, but we're also looking to index for that specific keyword. So if somebody's looking for that, they're gonna see the podcast, either know the individual potentially, or go, hey, this is somebody that I know knows a lot about, whatever, local SEO, and then they'll click on that and listen to it. So, I mean, that's what you have to look at. For if, you have, if you're doing an influencer campaign, how do you use that content for more than just Instagram, right? I think that's a big thing that people have to realize is like, when you have an influencer produce content, like great, use it for Instagram. How do I produce that piece and you know, maybe put it on YouTube? How do I produce and put it also put it on LinkedIn? How do I get it on Facebook? So that's like, like what my company does or what we do is like, how do I produce a piece of content? So let's say you're an influencer, you produce a piece of content and myself as a brand, how do I repurpose that content? How do I put some PPC ads behind it? How do I put it up on my website and get it to index well? Because it's a video. Now what we have to do is now we have to add some, some verbiage around it. And what are we going after? So once again, that repurposing of the content of put them on different mediums can be extremely valuable because you have to squeeze as much as you can out of that content. People think they go and put a picture up on Instagram and then it's over. Like, no, no, like make that into like a testimonial. You guys can make a little video out of it. You guys can put it up on your Instagram stories. Like, how do you repurpose that? Right. Instead of just going on Instagram, they put it up on Instagram and nothing happened. You're staring at it like, wow, that sucked. Well, if you want the juice, you got to squeeze it, man. That's it. Squeeze it hard. Aggressive lemons. I like aggressive lemons. They're my yeah, favorite. We've dabbled in some influencer marketing stuff and, you know, kind of not on the, the scale that you guys are doing it. But like a good example is we did a partnership with another company and they had a client that had a baking related product, like a natural baking thing. And... So we went out and found 30 kind of home baking channels, I guess you would call them on, on Instagram or accounts. Right. And we had those people bake something with the product. Like we shipped them the product. We paid them a few dollars. They would bake something with it, show how they used it, show how it turned out. And the client got a flood of traffic, right? Like just basically you could see the graph, right? You could see like the giant kind of camel hump on the, on the graph for their traffic. But they were like, oh, we, oh, we hardly made any sales off this. And I'm going to, like, it's so short-sighted sometimes. And we're like, that stuff is going to live on 
like some of them were blogs and some of them were on YouTube, you know, that YouTube content is going to be there forever, right? They're going to get traffic from that for the next eight years. When you're producing, like, I mean, you kind of touched on it. Like when you're, when you're producing a piece of content like that, like they preach something on a blog, like how much continued traffic is that going to drive? Because that's there. Like Instagram is kind of like they're gone, right? Because it's like, you're just pushing on the feed. But if you're producing a video, you produce a video on YouTube and it's a how-to video, how to use this certain product and people go look that up that can continuously, continuously bear fruit for you. So that's what you have to look at is like, what is your strategy? Once again, are your strategy just Instagram? That's cool. Or is it YouTube or is it bloggers or is it, and then you figure out that what happens with most brands they, you know, you can drive the traffic. The problem is, is most brands on the other side don't know how to figure out the ROI's perspective on it. Like, how do we figure this out? Like, right. Like, do we give each influencer some kind of a coupon code? Do we give them, they, they put it up on their web, on their page. And then somebody clicks and it goes to a landing page. It has the influencer there on the landing page and says, Hey, fill out the information below. Like the biggest thing is usually expectation, right? So when you talk to these brands and the brand, so I, that's one of the things I have these qualifying questions that I'll send out and I'll say, Oh, okay. Like what are you expect? And they're like, well, we want to spend, you know, want to spend $50,000, but we want to make 7 million. And I go, right. no shit. Like, don't we all? I mean, that's, I mean, that sounds awesome. Like, you know, if I could do that for each of my clients, I would, I would just have two clients. Like, why would I even, you know, I mean, at that point I've got, I'd just go to my Island and drink Corona's and, you know, run around in my phone or whatever I would be doing. You don't there. even but, like charge anything. You're just like, give me 1% on the back end. Yeah, <laughs> Thanks for the visual. It's change, all good. By the way. You're, I know. I know. Well, that, yeah, I was going to say something else, but we, <laughs> I don't want to go too far down the rabbit's tunnel in regards to the phone thing, but I'll send you some <laughs> pictures, Jeremy, this private picture, little private group Sweet. that would see can be a part of for free. That sounds great. It does until you see the pictures. Cause then you can't ever get up. You're going to, you're going to know, like you're going to know this thing that my wife has. And she's going to like, this is terrible. I can't get out of this thing. But the cool part about you, Jeremy, is you can get out of it. My wife is, she's been dedicated and says, we've got to be together for at least 25 more years. But I think we've digressed from the original question. <laughs> you know, it, it's the, when it comes to like, like putting these campaigns together, really, once again, it comes down to what your goals are. Right. And you have to figure out what do you consider a win? Right. And so a lot of these brands don't really know they go it's sales, Okay. But then like, but how are you going to go about that? And the other thing is too, is like, great. You have 30 influencers that cook and do this. That's great. But then how do we know who actually drove sales? Right. So we, as you said, there's a hump. Right? So that's awesome. But then how do we know which of those influencers actually move the needle? That's the hard part. Right. So it may be great. You have Jennifer that did the, the blog. And so she's getting some traffic there. We can see that. So we can see how much traffic was driven from that blog. That's great. But like on Instagram, like how do we know out of these five influencers that, that, that all put their content up the same day, which of those, like some, let's say there was 10 sales, you know, marketing is always this marketing is there's always 50% that's working and 50% that isn't working. I just don't know what 50% of it is. Right. This is like the quote, whatever it was, is like, you know, so I want to take my money from here and move it here. So what you have to figure out as a brand is like, we've hired these people, What you should do is have people all put content out on separate days. So we have, you know, Jennifer puts hers out on Monday, John puts his out on Tuesday, and then we can see a thing and say, okay, we had a push in traffic, right? Maybe we didn't have that big of a push in traffic but because of the content they put out. We had 10 sales and this is a huge spike in traffic, but we only sold three, right? So you have to look at that. That was my biggest issue. Like my, my biggest campaign, one of the biggest campaigns that how I started in the industry was a fitness influencer. Long story short, she was at 400,000 when she met me, one person team. She, we get her at 1.6 million. But my issue was, and she didn't really care about it, but I did is I'm hiring, I mean, I'm spending hundreds of thousands of dollars, like just through paying people through PayPal, like influencers was in the early days. And I didn't know who was moving the needle. Like we were, you know, for every dollar we were making for, like life was, you know, nobody was crying about anything. But for me, 
I'm like, I would like to take my dollar from Jeremy and give it to you. Sorry, Joe, nothing personal. Right. And give it to you because you're, you know, you're like, I can, like, I'm in your private group, dude. I just saw you in a G string. You owe me cash, right? You owe me some money. Right. Um, I can't unsee that. No. And the counseling doesn't help. My wife and I have tried. Anyways, sorry, we've digressed again. So we're talking about spending a dollar, taking it in one place. And that's actually, it's, it's the Google game, right? So you take a dollar from me and give it to Matt. It's talking about attribution, right? Attribution. Right. I mean, you have the same problem with running most kinds of traffic, right? So if you're, if you're running maybe an awareness engagement campaign or something on Facebook, somebody sees your product, they Google it, they see a Google ad for it or a Google shopping ad, they click that, they go, and then Facebook and Google both say, we got the sale for you, right? Yeah. So it's, it's double attribution on that end. So one thing that you can do on the influence, I mean, you can't really do it on Instagram, but you can do it off-site like... YouTube and blogs and stuff like that. And this might be a bit advanced for your, you know, average user kind of thing, but you can UTM code those links, right? So you can say this came from whatever influencer name, right? This came from Sparkles the Pony was the one who did this thing. And then once you have that in the UTM link, then you can actually target that from Facebook. So you could build an audience out of that and you could retarget their followers that followed through with some retargeting on other platforms. And so there's some pretty powerful stuff you can do for attribution as long as you can get a UTM code in the link. And you could give each influencer a different one, but then it you can't do that with Instagram, unfortunately, but... Well, and another thing you have to realize too, in a lot of brands, you know, it, it also isn't just hiring 10 influencers and doing one campaign. Like you can't expect for everybody to go and lose their mind and just go buy that product, right? So what you have to do is, once again, it's a strategy for each one of those and talk to the influencer and say, hey, what do you think? This is the kind of content that's been successful in the past. Is this going to be great with your audience? And they go, no, I don't do that. I really want to do video. I want to do a meme. I'm going to do this. Okay, great. Like be open to like those types of suggestions and be open to multiple posts or multiple pieces of content being produced, right? And then you can go and take a look at if it works. Because once again, if you hire an influencer to go do one picture, 98% of the time, it's just not going to work, right? It just isn't because the audience is like, okay, cool. Like you like that, right? They kind of need to see it multiple times, like marketing. I'm different than, you know, I drive, drive and I see a sign of Coca-Cola. I watch the Super Bowl. I see Coca-Cola. Then I go to the store and I go, I don't know why I want to buy a Coca-Cola. Well, it's because I've seen it multiple times, right? It's the same thing with influencer marketing. So you can't expect one influencer with a large following one post is going to move that needle. And so, you know, you do have to put some time to it. You're going to have to put some money into it. But the idea is, is to see where's your funnel, right? <laughs> what kind of influencer is going to resonate is going to be able to drive the type of products that you have. Now that you have that, then you go find other influencers like that. It's pretty simple. It takes a little while, but it, it's deductive reasoning. Well, it makes sense. And you don't always run a campaign for just a short little time period. Like I go back to pay-per-click because that's what I know a lot more, right? And you don't always just run this short little campaign. Sometimes you have to nurture it and watch it grow. So plan for it. You do have to. I mean, most of the time you do, right? I mean, there's very seldom that you just hit a home run in your first PPC campaign or you're, you know, when you go after, you know, you do SEO and then all of a sudden you're crushing it within two weeks. Like that just doesn't happen, right? And I did this is it does take time. And so the issue is this, I think when it comes to proper expectations, most clients are like, like, what do you want to do? Like other people reach out to me, like, what do you want to do? Well, I want to do SEO, but it needs to perform within a one month. I'm like, you just started your website like four weeks ago. Like, what do you mean perform? Like, what's your idea of perform? Like, show up not at Google, all. Okay. Yeah. Like potentially Google maybe recognize you for a minute. Like that's what, you know, for me, once again, the qualifying questions and, and really qualifying the client and edu better educate them. And most of the time, my 
times when I'm inter- you know, talking to clients is me interviewing them, not them interviewing me. They always think they're interviewing me. And I'm like, no, I'm, I want to make sure you're not crazy. Right. And that's, and that you're, that you're on your medication. Yeah. And you got to qualify, you know, qualify and set expectations. For sure. Absolutely. And it's, you know, you want to make sure it's a good, good, good fit, right. Between you and a client anyway, just like the client and the influencer needs to be a good fit. Right. And the For product sure. and the, and the, and the audience need to have a good fit. And so you're doing a lot of fittings. <laughs> well, and that's the thing too, is that, you know, it's, you know, it's another thing I talk about is that, you know, when you're a brand looking at an influencer and going after them, you have to realize like, you know, don't just send out a templated email to 10,000 influencers and see who responds. Cause you're going to get somebody that will take your money. I promise you that's not going to be the problem. Really, it's you have to, you know, have a tailored list, go and take a look at the influencers, see if the content resonates, see how many, if they're promoting five products a day, you don't want to be the sixth, right? I mean, that's just not, because your audience is like, oh, here goes Jennifer talking about the best facial scrub ever since she had since yesterday. Or this is the best hotel room that she's ever stayed at, except for the other five that she just stayed at that were super epic too. Like, right, so you have to look at that kind of stuff. And I always interview the influencers. I always, for any brands that I work with, or even my own brand, I go and have a conversation with them. Hey, you know, what do you guys know about, you know, ABC facial scrub? Well, I, um, not a lot. Like I really haven't looked into it that much. I just know you guys were paying $500 per post. I'm like, okay. So like, give me some information. Like, tell me, like, show me that you like, why this is going to be a good fit with your audience. And you're like, well, I don't really know. I mean, I haven't really ever done anything like in, in this, in the, that type of that niche, but I mean, I think it would do well. I mean, I know you guys are looking for four posts and you guys want to pay two grand. Okay. Right. So, I mean, these are all things we look at of like, Okay, let's let me send you some free facial scrub and we'll move on to the next one. Right. So it's not you have to look at that. You have to put in that time. Right. You have to talk to those influencers that somebody says, hey, I know your product. I'm very familiar with your product. You see a year ago I promoted about your promoted your product and, you know, or I never really used it. But I think this could be interesting because I had a product that was kind of in the same niche that did very well. Here goes some results like have that conversation with that influencer. I mean, you're not necessarily getting married to him, but you are trying to start some type of relationship. So like have that get educated a little bit. What do you think of like the influencer marketplaces? They all seem to be, I mean, they seem I've used a couple and it seems to be good for kind of getting exposure based stuff. Like I need to send a hundred people a product so that I can just get some exposure on this thing to get it out to a fairly generic audience. Right. But it doesn't seem to be more useful beyond that. Like, like you were saying, anybody will take your money to post something if you give show it to enough people. Well, I mean, I mean, how does Instagram boost work for your ads that you put out there for your pictures you put out when you go to Instagram boost and it costs you 12 bucks and you're like, Oh, this is awesome. Like I got 36 more people that saw it. That's super awesome. Yay. No way. Right? <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of, I mean, I'm not saying that that doesn't work right. I'm not saying that you can't do that, but what you, this is the things you have to realize is like you have to find the right influencers and, and it comes down to anybody will probably take some free product right? Make sure you have your terms and understand what they're going to do for that free product. So you understand you're sending them a $50 facial scrub and they're going to post one comment, one review, one something. I see a lot of brands that will just send people like, Hey, you know, Jeremy, will you take this facial scrub? And he's like, yeah, I'll take it. But then we don't ever talk any terms. And then I don't know if you use it or didn't use it. And I'm emailing you like, Hey bud, what's going on? And you're like, dude, it's a $25 facial scrub. Like, why are you, why are you stalking me? Makes sense. Yeah. And it's a bit different when it's, when it's like, if it's your own business and you're trying to get out and get it marketed versus maybe your, your marketer number 147 at some big agency. And, and the company came to you and said, we need to give away a thousand products. And you're like, okay, I'll find a thousand people to mail us soon. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like that's definitely different. Yeah. You're definitely going to want to, if it's when it's your own money, 
you know, you're, you're going to dig deeper, right? Or when you have a direct relationship, you know, like you have with your clients or we have with ours, right? We're going to be face-to-face answering for what happens, right? And so there's a lot more care, I think, taken or there at least should. should be, right? Well, there should be. And the thing, the overlying, like the overarching theme is plan. Boosting a post on Facebook, right, is more of a reaction. Like, hey, I'm getting a good result from this. I'm going to boost it and see what can happen. But if you plan out an ad campaign and you start seeing more results, you throw a little bit more money at it and you have a plan and you know where it's going, right? And influencer marketing, the same thing. Don't be reactive. Don't be like, yeah, you want a free face wash? Whatever, right? Plan it talk to people, interview them and see if they're using it and doing it as a business or if they're doing it as like a hobby. Maybe they're just a pretty face and they just want people to pay them. That happens. Yeah. Or they just bought seven seventy thousand followers on Fiverr and now they're like, hey, give me a hundred bucks and I'll post your thing. And all of their followers are in Malaysia. You know, what's funny about that. Like, you know, we talk about fake followers and I've read these articles of like, Oh my God, fake followers is going to cause people $5 billion this year and all this crap. Let me tell you about this. So this is the deal. The only reason why influencers get fake followers is because brands tell them, Hey, if you have 10,000 followers, this is the price that you're going to pay. If you got 20,000 to pay this, but if you get a hundred thousand, right. So I've organically grown mine. Let's say it's to, let's say it's 50,000, right. And you're willing to give me a hundred dollars or let's say $500. And then, but you're like, but Shane, if you go to the next tier of 250, I'm willing to give you two grand. If you get 1 million, I'm willing to give you, you know, 8,000. And what am I going to do? Like it's taken me how long to get 50,000, take me two, three years, right? Like I want to get to that. I want to make a hundred thousand. I want to make 50 or 20,000. So the problem is this, and I'm not saying that influencers should go do that because they shouldn't, but the idea is, is it a brand? What you're looking at is you look at that follower account and you're telling them the more followers you have, the more money I'll give you. And that's a problem, right? And so then what you have is you have these brands, once again, two 15 year olds having babies, you have this brand that's like, Oh, they've got a high follower account. Not looking at that. They've got 27 likes on each picture. They've got four comments, but they look at the number of 1 million Right. And then they go and spend $10,000 and they're like, I don't know why it didn't go well. And I'm like, well, I can tell you why it didn't go well. Like, I mean, I can naturally, now I've been doing this a long time, but I can look at a profile and go, nope, something's fishy. Right. And so, but, and you just went after a follower account. You went after a number with no strategy in place and just said, Hey, I'm going to give you 10 grand post this and let's get, hopefully get 50 grand in sales. Once again, there's no strategy behind that. Right. And there's nothing, there's no legs to that. Like just, you know, in marketing, no matter what you do, if you just do something and pray, Praying isn't a strategy. I just want people to know that like when you just do something and then you go, Oh God, please God, let this go. Okay. God's not going to listen to that. I'm I'm a religion, but yeah, it doesn't, (laughs) God's not going to help you. He's not going to help your little SEO campaign or your influencer marketing campaign because you, you know, so the idea is obviously being facetious because maybe God will help you. I don't know, but probably maybe God Um, is on Twitter. Maybe maybe he's on TikTok. Maybe he's doing a video right now. We're there is sure, an account but. on Twitter, but I'm not sure if it's if it's actually a god or not. But <laughs> you can go look and decide for yourself. Mm, okay, that's good. I, I will. I'll check it out. I'm going to follow. So him. on the on the opposite side, just because I want to poke the bear a little bit, right? Yeah. If you're an influencer, if you're the person actually doing this, would you tell them to go out and try to find brands that they really like and say, "Hey, I'm willing to do this," or would you say just build your brand, build your own account and everything and just let them come to you. No, I mean, that's, that's literally what I taught at UCLA is like, why sit back? Like, are you just going to sit back and look out the front window and be like, God, I'm sure a brand's going to come to me any one of these days and I'll make some money. No, be proactive. I mean, that's really the, the course, my, how to be an influencer course that I'm doing on uh, how to be influencer.com. The whole premise of that course is 
how to get the enough information, get your media kit together, get your website, get everything all situated and then start pitching brands because brands still don't know what influencers to work with. What happens? I'll tell you what happens. I write an article and say, these are great influencers. I worked with these brands are phenomenal. And guess what happens? Every brand reaches out to Joe Smith, the surfer and says, you must be a great influencer. And you're like, yeah, but you sell like women hygiene products. Yeah, but you must be a good influencer because I read it on an article. And I'm like, <laughs> hey, like, I don't know if Joe's a girl or not, but I, I think Joe's a guy. I'm not fully sure, like uh, from the pictures I've seen. But that's my point is like, I'm obviously being facetious, but the point of it is, is like, if you as an influencer, you, what you need to do is take control of your business. And so what you need to do is go and say, listen, I see that you guys have worked with these influencers. Let me tell you why you guys are missing the mark on that. Let me tell you why I'm going to hit the mark, right? Because it looks like you guys are going after a male-based thing. I looked up Jennifer Smith. She has really a 90% female base. So that's why you guys aren't selling any shoes over there. But that's the reason why you're not moving the needle. Let me show you my base. My base is this. This is how much traffic I'm driving. This is what my Instagram looks like. And let me explain to you guys and why I think you guys only did one campaign with her, one picture, why you guys need to do five campaigns. And that's not just a money thing for me. It really becomes a frequency deal. And the, and the brand's like this. Okay. I mean, God, you, okay. You, I mean, you're a marketer. This is the biggest issue is that brands go and reach out to influencers because of a follower account. We have to realize in most influencers aren't marketers, right? So you're expecting them to do some marketing magic, but they're not marketers. Like you're not going to pull that. They might understand like what kind of content resonates with their audience. Cause they know when they put this up, this happens when they put up a video, this happens. And you know, when I have a cat in my picture, then it might think, so we kind of have an idea, but to go to them and say, Hey, can you go market this product? They might have an idea, but if you're an, an influencer that doesn't have to have a marketing background, but understands like the vernacular and how to put together a campaign and why it's going to be successful and what you need to do. So if you have a brand that comes to you and says, Hey, I want to give you 500 bucks to post this one time. I would tell them, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. And they're going to say, what do you mean? You're not going to take the 500 bucks? No, because that's not going to work. And they go, what do you mean it's not going to work? I'm just telling you it's not. Let me explain why it's not going to work. Let me explain why you're better off spending $2,000 with somebody and getting seven pictures from them and putting together that campaign. Would that be something, if I put something together, would you be interested in looking at that? It's a frequency deal. Don't just put one picture and expect, you know, the world to start raining money. And they go, yeah, I mean, I didn't even, I don't, you know, I just started doing this. So I don't really know. I just know that's what we've always done. And well, has it worked for you? Well, I don't really know that either. We're just kind of doing it. Right. So it comes down to educating the brand. And once the brand becomes educated, right? No different as as consultants, we educate our clients and we, they don't hopefully don't go anywhere because we're, you know, giving them good information, showing them good results. It's the same thing as an influencer. So, I mean, you have to be able to go in there and, and say, Hey, this is where I think we, this is where I think we could work together. This is the kind of content we should produce and really go into that. That's where the values. And so that's what I'm doing in that course is really educating them on, you have to explain to that brand. Cause the biggest thing the brand's going to ask is, the biggest question, one of the biggest questions I get is like, like, how do I know what to pay an influencer? Right. Or how do I know what to charge a brand? It really comes down to like, what is, what are they doing for you? Like, do you think, think that it's worth it? You don't need to look on a website and say they have 20,000 followers and I should give them $758 and 46 cents because that's the value of what they're bringing to the table. Like, what are they doing for you? They're going to produce one piece of content, two pieces of content. They're going to do a video for you. They're going to do a YouTube thing. They're going to put something on their blog and you know, their blog index as well. Like, what does that value bring to you, right? And you have to kind of assess that. You're not really going to know that value, but if they say, hey, for $5,000, I'm going to do these 15 things. And you look at that and go, okay, how can I repurpose this condo? We can put this here and do this here. I think it could generate at least 25,000 in sales. There we go. I mean, it's no different asking like, how much are you going to put in your SEO campaign? Well, what is it going to, how much money am I going to make out of it? Not fully sure yet, right? We don't really know that. We do a PPC campaign. What do you think the results are going to be? 
I mean, I can tell you what I think it might be, but I, I can't guarantee everything. We're trying some stuff here. This is marketing. If not, we would all be marketers. We'd have five clients. We would do some things. They would never leave us. And we would just have five clients. Like last time I checked, we have people that leave. Or we just sell our own stuff. Yeah. Everybody exactly. else would be on their own. That's, that's the old school. That's the old school. That's the other guys that know what they're doing. They're like, listen, I'm not doing this for clients. Right. They're crazy. It's just, they're not under medicated and I need to like, just make my own money. So uh, shout out to my clients. If you're listening to this, I don't, I'm sure you guys are heavily medicated because I've asked you to be, but <laughs> you know, I mean, Hey, what can we do? It makes sense. Right. It all makes sense. And I like the fact that you're talking about the no, plan, 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 have an objective and don't treat it like a, a hobby. Right. Attack it. You're not going to go start a sales job and not attack it. I mean, if you look at it from a cost perspective, as well as, you know, like, like a value perspective, like a cost perspective, how much does it cost for you to hire an actor or a model, get a set put together, get the lighting and the camera done and the hair and makeup and all that kind of stuff and the post-production and all the shit that goes into making a good video or you're going to give it to someone who makes videos basically for a living, right? There's my air quotes, ding, as an influencer that you're going to be able to repurpose that content. Like how much would it cost you to recreate that? You haven't even shown it to anybody yet, right? So when you're going to get videos or photo shoots or some stuff done by influencers, it's a fantastic way to get content. I actually know people that that's how they do it. They don't have production teams because now you have unique content that people are producing. Sometimes they pay them to just create the content, not even to post it. Like, like I know, a, um, can't remember the name of the site, but they're charging two fifty per influencer. The influencers for two fifty are going and making these short little videos, and they're breaking their neck and doing awesome content for two fifty. Like, you, I mean, you got to be a video. Like, it's you gotta be kidding me. But it's once again, then how do you use that content? Like, once again, they're not even posting on their profile. They're using this on wherever, wherever this. You know, you obviously have to get full rights to the content, but now you can go put that content wherever. Like, that's the thing is that you have to understand of like what ex- what are they providing for you for that price. That's your biggest indicator. It's like, do you look at this and do your gut go, you know, I think this is way too crazy of a price and I, it's too much of a risk. Guess what? Don't do it. If you're saying, hey, I'm going to do a video and do a blog post and I'm only going to charge you $700, but this blog post, if it indexes well, I'm going to get, could get a 500 people a month. And then my, I get 3% usually click through. So I'm looking at 25 people, aggressive buyers, because as a high intent keyword, they're going to come to your thing. And you're like, there we go. That's some value. But the problem is influencers don't know how to say that to a brand for the most part, right? That's what I'm here to educate them. It's like, Educate them why they can't live without you. Educate them on how the game goes. Because the problem is what it's been is brands are, hey, you have a high follower camp. We're going to do one post. Let's see how well it does. I mean, influencer brands should want to do longer term campaigns, assuming things go well. That's the best interest for the audience. It's best interest for the, the influencers. Best interest for the brand as well. Even the brand goes, yeah, but that's a higher risk if we're doing seven pieces of content. I said, no, the, the real risk is the one piece of content that's going to fail. It just is, right? So it's, you know, same thing going after one keyword. It's after just doing, you know, one PPC campaign. Like the idea is to figure out what works. You can see the big companies that do it well. Just an example. I mean, my daughter loves YouTube, right? Whether, you know, she, she's she's good on her screen time and, and not good in the way that most people are. I like encourage her to use her tablets and shit as much as possible. And that's another whole other podcast. But like we go to the store and she wants to buy like Frozen toys and she's never seen a Frozen movie in her life because on YouTube, kids are playing with Frozen toys that they've been given as influencer marketing. So she sees them dressing up as, she knows the names of the characters. She knows everything about it. It's like um, Paw Patrol is another one. She sees all these videos with kids playing with Paw Patrol toys. Now she wants Paw Patrol toys and she hadn't even seen the show before. That's it. 
Well, this, you know, you, there was some kind of an article. I can't remember where it was, but it was something. Anyways, what it was was like, and I'm totally slaughtering this. I'm just kind of giving you guys a premise of it. It was like kids in Japan want to be doctors and kids in the U.S. want to be like YouTube stars. Like that was like, there was some kind of a thing of like, like that's how much it's taken over. And that's where, you know, there's some huge value. And I think it can be, you know, with kids and stuff. I mean, it, you know, McDonald's and all these, you know, McDonald's, you know, there's a reason why they have a little playland for all the kids. Right. I mean, because they go and it's like, oh my God, I want to go to McDonald's. I love because they, they're playing there. The Happy Meals are so cheap. You get a little toy. Of course, that's where I want to go. And they're pulling the families in there. There's, I mean, that's not influencer marketing, but the idea of it is there's the psychology of that. Like they understand what they're doing. Right. It's the same thing with influencer marketing. Like I go and I push this up and I say, you know, my kids are playing with it. Then your kids see it and go, I want that toy. That, that makes sense to me. Right. So anyways, there's a lot of interesting stuff. And influencer marketing is going to continuously evolve, but it's an interesting space, man. I, I love it. I really enjoy it. I just hate it when people go, oh, it just doesn't work. But once again, as you touched on, I mean, you heard that about SEO and PPC and you hear that about all the, anything that's out there getting any kind of exposure that, you know, you're going to get that, which is fine. There's kind of a misunderstanding a lot too about who an influencer might be, especially when it comes like the children and young people's kind of influencers and stuff. So like a lot of people talk about Ryan's toy review and they're like mm -hmm. the eight year old kid that made $70 million on YouTube last year. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you've ever watched it for one, which almost no one that writes these articles about them has ever seen one, I don't think there. I mean, it's, it's pretty much his mom in every video. Right. But it's obviously the parents are setting it up, you know, like the one that my daughter was watching yesterday from Ryan's toy review was they had like a full size commercial dunk tank and they were throwing, you know, stuff to try and dunk the dad into the dunk tank. Like, <laughs> an eight-year-old didn't come up with that plan and set it up into action, right? I mean, there's people and there's marketing and there's, you know, like editing and all these things that are behind these channels. Just even thinking that an eight-year-old is making $70 million on YouTube is just, it's insanity and that's why people spread it. But it's in, in no way is that what actually happens, right? It's more likely, you know, your, your more common influencer is somebody who likes homesteading and they teach you how to raise chickens in your backyard. And, you know, somebody has maybe a product that would be good for those people, like a cookbook or something. And so they, they send it to them and they say, Hey, we want you to make a few recipes out of this cookbook because we think it would fit the theme of, of your homesteading. And so they make a couple apple pies or whatever out of the cookbook or Jeremy's got his 50 shades of chicken cookbook that he loves so much. It's the best cookbook ever. It does actually, the recipes are pretty good and the premise is kind of funny, but I like that. I'm sure you that check it out. It's really good. Yeah. 50 shades of chicken. If you wrote the book, 50 shades of chicken, now that your book has been on our show like three times, <laughs> maybe it's time that we should have an influencer conversation. Yeah, it's, it's, sure. it's definitely <laughs> written by a pseudonym because his name is FL Fowler, <laughs> but it makes sense, right? Everything we've talked about makes sense. We're moving in a direction where it's not necessarily one-on-one -on -one marketing anymore. We're trying to influence the masses in a different way. So I want to respect your time and we're coming up on the hour mark. So if there is one thing that you could give our audience to take away, what would that be? Listen to my podcast. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, I think the, um, I know that's it. Mic drop and we're out of here. No. Um, you know, I think when it, I guess regards to influencer marketing, just know that it's like a tool in your toolbox, right? In regards to, to, to marketing. Like if nothing else seems to work and you just want to do influencer marketing, you want to blow your whole budget on influencer marketing. I'm not saying, you know, don't do that. But I, I am saying that just know it's a strategy. 
it's, it's not like just cause you read about it and I write about it and you have all these old posts and for every $1, you make $6 and 50 cents. You know, that doesn't mean that money wasn't put in that to be able to figure out that funnel. Right. I can figure out PPC funnels where, you know, once again, for every dollar I'm putting in 650 or making 650, that's awesome. But it took some money to get there. Right. That's not just a one off like, oh, my God, let's just try this. So, you know, I think the, the important thing is, is once again, is to like better understand influencer marketing in the sense of like, hey, it's a frequency thing. Make sure you know which influencers you're working with. Make sure you have a good, solid contract in place and then better understand how to produce content. that's going to be great for their audience, but to give them the rights or give them the, the leeway to be able to produce that kind of content. But once again, make it a frequency type deal. Don't expect to like see, you know, fireworks overnight off of one post. Wow. Absolutely. Mind blown. I know. That's what I'm here for. So Shane, if somebody wants to get a hold of you, if they want to, you've mentioned the website a couple of times, right? But I want you to mention it again. And I want you to tell people how they can get a hold of you to maybe talk about this a little more. Yeah, absolutely. So you can actually go to my site. It's just shanebarker.com. Um, that's my main site. I have my newsletter, all that kind of fun stuff where we give information about content marketing, SEO, influencer marketing. If you guys want to actually sign up for the course on my actual website right now, the top the little you know hello bar that pops down, it'll say, hey, do you want to be an, you know, an influencer? You can click on that. It takes you over to howtobeaninfluencer.com. Or once again, you can go just to howtobeaninfluencer.com. Um, you can sign up for that there. We have some email templates that you guys can download for free. And then once again, I have the course that will be probably ready in another month's time. And when it is, it's going to be about a 10 video course, actually for pennies on the dollar compared to what we obviously charge UCLA. But, and so they can go there and take a look at that and then, you know, better understand how to be an influencer. And then obviously we have the community that we've built as well that will have job posting and have softwares that they can use and get discounts and all that other fun stuff. So I'm excited about it. I think it's going to be, I'm really looking to kind of change the industry so we can have brands and influencers that are both educated when it comes to putting campaigns together so they can have the higher likelihood of success. That's Awesome. Thanks for being on the show and uh, we'll talk again soon. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much, man. You guys have an awesome day. This has been Digital Marketing Masters with Matt Rouse and Jeremy Markoff. For notes and a transcript of this episode, go to hookseo.com forward slash podcast. Now stay tuned for a preview of our next episode of Digital Marketing Masters. Hi, this is Elizabeth Case from Yellow Dog Consulting. Join us next week on the podcast when we talk about email marketing, pop culture, and go down a few rabbit holes with squirrels. Yay, squirrels. Digital Marketing Masters is brought to you by Hook SEO Digital Marketing. Our show is produced by Matthew Rouse and Scott Burson. Mixed and edited by Silent Outburst Productions. I'm your announcer, Daniel D. Craig. We would love to hear your thoughts. Please leave us an honest review with your podcast provider. Your reviews help us help more business leaders just like you.